The maneuvers in this video are being performed by professional bodyboarders. It would be dangerous to attempt to duplicate these maneuvers without first developing the expertise. Look at this, Mike doing an enormous wave of the pipeline, big hard cut at the bottom, over the top, oh my! Jay Wheels, it doesn't get any better than that. Stand by for Vintage Bodyboarding Radio. Hello and welcome to Vintage Bodyboarding Radio episode number two. Today you have Ben sponsored team writer Ben Peasley and myself Damien Alexander. Uh, so first of all, g'day Ben, how are you mate? Yeah, really well thanks Damien, just uh, yeah, enjoying the uh, northern sunny Gold Coast weather as we speak. Good man, excellent. So on today's episode we've... Um, I was privileged enough to have a bit of a chat with Pat Coldwell, so we've got that as part of today's podcast. Awesome. Yeah, so I thought, first of all, we'd, let's, let's, at the sake of full disclosure, Ben, was, I said you're a sponsored team writer. Tell us about your sponsors to start with, mate, and a, a bit about yourself, who you are. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I'm sponsored, uh, luckily, very lucky to be sponsored by uh, Hubboards, uh, by Jeff and Dave Hubbard, uh, Mike from Intricate Shockwave, uh, the team there at uh, SK Nutrition, which is uh, at Palm Beach on the Gold Coast, and also U Global, which is some amazing, uh, I guess, um, really, really good wear that you wear out uh, either in the surf or when you're training hard at the gym. Just really, really good uh, good clothing there. And, of course, uh, Choice Homes is also uh, a sponsor of mine and also where I work. Cool, man. Excellent. That's enough plugging. That's all the plugs you get, mate. Sorry, that's it. <laughs> I'm a bit of a frother. No, nah, no, nah, all good, all good, mate, all good. So, um, yeah. So I thought Ben would get you on today and, and have a chat because obviously you've been a big part of vintage bodyboard collectors for uh, their Facebook page and now the Instagram page for quite some time. And love it. We, love we've, it. Been, we've been chatting on and off for a while, mate. So, um, so yeah. And um, first of all, International Bodyboarding Day, which happened a little while ago now. Uh, 4th of November. Uh, What did you get up to on the day? Well, yeah, for starters, uh, the day before, I had no real solid plans. Um, I guess a lot of my friends and, you know, people that I surf with uh, know that I'm a bit of a frother. Like, I just just get so excited about bodyboarding. So there was a lot of uh, messages and text messages and, uh, you know, information going on the day before. I had no idea where I'd be surfing and... um, no one really had an idea because the banks have been a little bit funny on a lot of places on the Gold Coast. So fast forward to the actual day, uh, got up at like probably 3 o'clock, started watching like um, heaps of old uh, videos, like old underground tapes, uh, the ultimate wave running vehicle. Um, <laughs> you are a proper. The, uh, mate, look, it would have been, uh, maybe, I tell you like quarter past three. Um, no way. Yeah, just, I just love the waves, like heavy waves like Shark Island pipe alamoana bowls like just all of those spots where i guess yeah, you and i like and, and everyone of our vintage just frost on growing up so i watched all of those sessions and then i thought well look you know the sun's almost going to come up let's let's hit it so um down to go and check uh Cudgeon reef and uh that wasn't really happening too much and um a bit too scared to go and paddle out to the bommy which i'm more than okay with i will not paddle out there i yep. just don't like getting eaten by sharks yeah uh and then all of a sudden, everyone's just starting to smash everyone with text messages there. Yep. And, yeah, it was basically decided um, on the drive there to go to Back Beach Fingal or Dreamtime Beach. Yep, yep. And turning up in the car park at before 6 in the morning and seeing it chock-a-block as if you'd see it on a, on a summer's day when it's, I guess, more of a prevalent wave, seeing that car park chock-a-block already with uh, bodyboards yeah. and, and bodyboard bodyboarders' uh, cars, and basically just like a wave of uh, all these guys you surf with every day uh, cruising down to the beach and got down to Back Beach Fingal, really, really good wedges. And uh, at one point, I lost count after counting 50 guys and girls yeah, full on. in the water. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I saw the photos. I saw everything. Yeah, it looked like just everything came together on the day. and um, It did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So was that part of um, Sunny Coast old school bodyboarders? Was, no, that, that was separate, no. wasn't it? So that that was, yeah. This wasn't even anything organised. Yeah, yeah. There was no, there was no Facebook, um, I guess, uh, previous convers- conversation about it. It was purely just, just a happened. bunch of old frothers. Yeah, it just happened, and, yeah, and it cool. happened as naturally. As, even as better, happened. yeah. Even better, and like you know how, like I'm sure, like in this day and age, everyone sort of scrolls through their 
their newsfeed and everyone that they've met on Vintage Bodyboarders, I'm sure they're now friends with also yep. on Facebook. Yep. So I'm sitting uh, right next to the rocks there, just on the inside, being a frother, and I'm looking down the beach, and, and it looked like my Facebook newsfeed, like just seeing all these <laughs> all these heads, and I'm like, wow, this awesome. is like a really special moment. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was really interesting um, because just having a look what was coming through on Facebook of you know we had people from all over the world. Get it, and this yeah. is, this was our first one, so and it was for no other reason than just to celebrate the sport. You know, we weren't doing it to to make any money or to any other reason, just to everyone to get out there and enjoy it. And there was a heap of people that brought their kids. Um, yep. Uh, there was um, there was uh, sorry, I just turned my phone off. Otherwise, it's going to keep beeping. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, no. It was, so it was really it was awesome. I, I went and. Um, Scored a few little waves with um, Johnny Crookshank and nice. Shane, um, and, and awesome. the whole family went down there, and, and it was um, yeah, no, we had had a great time. It, it worked out really well. So yeah, cool, yeah. cool. But the other reason, other a few more questions I wanted to ask you is yeah, um, sure. Obviously, you work for you, you do get another another go at having a plug, but you work for Choice Double and, Plugger. Yeah, awesome. yeah, <laughs> plug placement. And where, so tell us about the sponsorship, because this is, for those who don't know, this is a big deal. This is really, really a big deal for, for the, for our sport, particularly in Australia, of course. But t- tell yeah. us, tell us about the sponsorship and what's happened. Yeah, gladly. Okay. Well, let's just, I guess, um, look at the big picture of what's happening, I guess, uh, on the APB, there's uh, there's some events that are doing extremely extremely well with huge amount of prize money, and uh, you could probably use uh, Sintra prize money as uh, as a bit of a benchmark. They've got uh, 15 grand uh, prize money for women, 10k for drop knee, 25k for men's, and uh, two and a half grand there for juniors. So I see that as a benchmark of of where uh, we need to go as far as uh, the ABA. Yep. And uh, I see 2018 as the first first stepping stone towards that. So, uh, so what that means for for um, the ABA is Choice Homes is um, basically providing um, a huge cash injection there, and also a marketing and PR um, powerhouse. I, I suppose you can say at Choice, yep. we're yep. we're a fairly large uh, and successful building company. 25 years next year, so we've actually got a fairly good marketing and PR team that's plugged right in uh, with the ABA, and we're working really, really well with those guys. So what it's going to mean is uh, the ABA is no slouch already, but we're basically just going to get the tour and just bring it to that whole new level, and we're going to do that in a short amount of time. So next year is going to look completely different than than this current year, 2017. Uh, there'll be a notable difference there of uh, the events yep. and and of basically of the prize money and of the divisions that, that are involved. So, cool. Um, yeah, I've got dates here as well if you want them, Damien. Or... Go for it, man. Yeah, Boy, yeah, man, yeah sure. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, mate, you know, I, I, I did warn you I am a frother. So yeah, yeah. all your listeners out there, I apologise. Uh, yeah, so what we've got up, up front is uh, we've got Gas Bay in uh, southwestern Western Australia, uh, as the first stop on the tour. That's the 24th and 25th of March for next year. We go from the west coast back over to the east coast, uh, south coast of New South Wales uh, to Mystics, which is a really fun wedging yeah. left-hander, which yeah. is just such a fun wave. Uh, that's 21st and 22nd of April. Yep. Um, then we go to Knights Beach, and I've never been to Knights. I've never been to South Australia, so I'm really keen Cool. on the Knights comp there, and I yep. believe they've got a lot of um, the council behind them there in, in a really big way, which is awesome. So that's 19th and 20th of May. Port, Port, and Port Elliot Bakery, mate. That's all you need to worry about. You've, really? Oh, best, really? best bakery in Australia. Anyway, okay. sorry, keep going, keep going. No, you, that's fine. Uh, and then, uh, look, I, I am a D-bar frother. I would yep. surf D-bar every day yep. of the year, and I do try that. Um, but we've got Diva next on the 17th and 18th of June. Yep. And we finish up at Northern Beaches, which is 21st and 22nd of July. So cool. that's the five events there. Uh, basically what's happening on the Gold Coast and in Australia is we've got the Commonwealth Games on uh, yep. early April. Yep. And I'm looking at, at looking at this as a holistic approach of 
what are people going to be looking at sport-wise? We can't compete with uh, the Commonwealth Games. We're not even going to try to. So we've got the events uh, either side of that and in different locations. So we do get that cut through there. We do get that interest from the general public and from the riders, uh, yeah, to, to focus on the tour. Cool, man. Uh, cool. Hey, yeah. hey, if you're walking around, I'll get you to stay still because it's dropping in and out a little bit. Oh, um, sure. But that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, no, that, yeah. It, it, it's epic. So, um, and is there anything that you can tell us about any sort of vintage comps as part of those or is nothing official? Yeah. Tell us. Yeah. What can you tell us? There's, yeah, there's definitely. Uh, so the focus uh, is that everything for next year is just improving on uh this current year. So we did have some vintage uh, events there. We had uh, D-Bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Mystics. We had a, a go at Mystics as well. Yep. We had Northern Beaches. So yep. we're actually going to be building on those uh, um, events as well for, for next. So absolutely, there will definitely be vintage involved. And there's definitely going to be a, a focus on the the youth as well, like the juniors and the next level there of, cool. uh, or the next wave of bodyboarders. So anyway, the vintage is so important because, you know, we are at that age where a lot of us are starting to have kids. So get the vintage girls and guys along yep. and let's get the juniors coming along as well. Cool. So. Bring bring the family. Yeah, hell yeah. I, we, bring, we, the, bring the family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been working on um, uh, to get them official through Surfing Australia, the vintage rules. And so I've, I should actually, hopefully next podcast I'll have an update on that, but I, I think we were 99% of the way there. So it'll actually be built in an official. So, so um, yeah, cool, man. Well, that, that, that's awesome. Um, so Yeah, well, vintage is really taking off. Uh, sorry to interrupt. No, vintage right. is taking off uh, everywhere. We've got um, Margaret River Mail a couple of weeks ago did some really good coverage of uh, yep. round three at four-foot pumping uh, cobblestones with uh, Ryan Hardy taking that win. And yep. uh, Adrian Piggott, who's uh, all over vintage and has pretty much every half decent more I know to man he I yep. think he even placed fourth in that one so yep. there was heaps of really good uh, TV coverage uh, for that event as well so it's it's as if the media hasn't been able to show bodyboarding because um, maybe they haven't known about it as much so it's all about um, like what you've been doing with vintage is just amazing like there's there's a network of people out there in the media that that is, are really starting to cotton on to this vintage thing and back into this bodyboarding thing and Really starting to see some uh, some green shoots there of, of the sport starting to expand and and get really exciting again. Yeah, awesome, awesome, cool, man. So there's also been um, so just while we're on sort of I guess green shoots and things that are coming. So there's sure. there's been um, obviously the Tom Moray um, fund. So there's been a bucket load of money that people have been putting towards that. Not only through VBC yeah. but obviously through the entire industry, which has been awesome. And for those who uh, are not aware Tom's uh, blind and having some health issues and also some financial issues. So there is a pin to the top of the fa- uh, the VBC Facebook page, Vintage Bodyboard Collectors Facebook page. There is a link to that, so you can go and donate there. Awesome. Um, there's also, oh, I, I, I better be careful what I say because there's nothing official yet, but there's an event that's coming up in Sydney and tentatively uh, on up your way, Ben. So a nice. bit, of, bit of a get together and a fundraiser. So that's that's all all slowly starting to come together. So there's there's a heap of stuff, I guess, that's coming up that's going to keep everyone yeah enjoying it and and, and keep the community going. I guess um, to to also help the sport and bringing in the old and the new as well. So yeah, cool. That's that's awesome. Cool, man. Yeah. Um, I've it... got, uh, sorry, I've got go uh, 50, yeah, sorry, I've got 50 bucks off. Uh, remember Adam Mack? Adam Mack, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Ripper from the 90s and one of the guys I looked up to. Yeah, I've uh, scored 50 bucks off him yesterday uh, to go to Tom and I'm matching that with 50 as well. So, nice, awesome. Uh, yeah, frothing. And I saw the hat passed around at the DK comp on the weekend as well. Yeah, absolutely. The DK comp, DK sessions was absolutely amazing like um i was going to get on uh your your podcast uh, a couple of days prior to the dk sessions yep. and i was going to go i was going to pretty much waffle on about how good the hawaiians are at drop knee and yeah no one's even close to the hawaiians and what's wrong with australia where's all the drop knees i'm shutting my mouth like australia has got the most <laughs> amazing drop knees yeah and um yeah we've got like gary gary thatcher he's just uh 
I've surfed against Gary a couple of times uh, this year in the state titles and nationals and now DK Sessions uh, watched him. The guy is an absolute freak, and uh, he's not the only one. Uh, there was 30 riders there, 30 drop-knee riders, uh, pumping fun uh, two- to three-foot wedges there at Town Beach. Sun was out. Uh, the media was there. We got coverage of uh, Prime uh, 7 News. Yep. And just such a successful event. Uh, Clayton, if you listen, buddy, uh, it was great to meet you. And, mate, congratulations on such a well-run and, and fun event. Uh, I got knocked out about halfway through as I was walking back to the car. Um, yeah, got handed a beer, and uh, it was just a, just a fun afternoon and fun yeah, night. Yeah, it, look, it looked yeah. it looked killer. It looked awesome. And DK, yeah. is, who said DK's dead man? It's like still going. I mean, it's not a bit like bodyboarding. It's but DK's that I guess it's the more underground than bodyboarding. But it was really cool to see to have a, a standalone comp and and that. So yeah. Totally, for yeah. sure. I was driving down there not knowing what to expect. Yeah. I was like, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna get like ten guys. We're gonna get disgruntled guys that you know don't like um, how small uh, DK is. Or yep. I, I had no idea because I've been out of the sport for quite some time. Really, yep. I had no idea to what to expect, and basically it was blown away by the vibe, the vibe there, and the riders, and the way that uh, the whole thing uh, was run was. A 10 out of 10. It yeah. was just amazing. Very special comp. Cool. Cool. Is, are there yeah. plan to do another one next year? There is plans for another one next year. Absolutely. There's um, definitely plans for um, uh, another DK sessions there. Uh, it would be good. I mean, there's ideas floating around. Um, I don't know if Clayton has knows about this yet, but it would be good to actually assign uh, some points from DK sessions to the uh, Australian tour. So what we've got yeah. over at the ABA is uh, we've got two events um, of the ABA tour. There's five events, but two of those events we're going to have DK, and that's cool. Like that is such a positive step in the right direction. We've got uh, Mystics that's going to be DK, and we've got D-Bar, which is going to be DK. That's cool. great. Cool. But how cool would it be to have um, uh, another DK-only comp where you can get points for that for the Aussie Pro Tour? So these are just ideas at the moment. Yeah. Um, haven't spoken to Clayton at all about it. So sorry, Clayton, if that's just a mad, silly idea. But it'd just no. be really, really good to um, to get more of these amazing uh, DK riders um, competing more and Hell and yeah. just replicating that success from the yeah, other yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And APB. Is anything you can tell us what's going on with APB? Well, firstly, I'd like to just acknowledge the, the champs for this year. So, yep. uh, Ian Campbell, uh, Joanna Schenker, yep. uh, Sammy Mor- Mor- Morantino, and uh, Nelson Flores. So, incredible uh, effort from you guys. So, that was the, the guys that won. Another thing that I really liked about the APV this year was um, the father and son. Yeah. Uh, so, we had uh, Nicholas and Noah Capdeville uh, yep. from France. Uh, Noah, uh, the, the young bloke, he actually came ninth in uh, in the world for juniors. Yeah, total uh, shredder. Seeing, total shredder and like father and son yep. on the world tour. Yep. It's just uh, absolutely just a really special um, part of the tour for me. Um, watching from Australia, obviously. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, I also got a lot out of uh, the women's event. Uh, that massive backflip of uh, Isabella, yep. that left bowl at, at front on. Um, Blew me away. I thought that was a, a really, really solid move, solid landing. Uh, so that was really impressive. But as far as what's happening next year, um, I caught up with Alex, uh, Alex Leon uh, in uh, Sumatra. So nice. just had a couple of quiet beers with Alex. And yeah, uh, yeah we didn't really talk uh, too much specifics about what's happening in 2018. But from what I can gather from the APB, from the ABA and uh, – you know, DK Sessions as well, as everyone wants to work together. So I just see as the sport starts to, to grow again and evolve, um, yeah, there's basically going to be more more of this communication between the different associations. And, and hopefully, I'm not a mind reader, but hopefully a really good crossover of events. So yeah. we may see uh, some APB events with ABA uh, involved yep. as well. Yep. Uh, the dates haven't lined up exactly yet, but there's all of this talk... Um, in the right direction uh, with a lot of momentum. And, mate, once again, uh, a lot of that momentum stems from your page that you've started. So 
thank you once again. <laughs> no, no, no need to thank you, man. No, but it's I've had a little bit of insight. I've got a tiny little insight from Alex as well, um, yep. and 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 it's it's sounding really exciting. Like it is, yeah. Um, I mean, th- why I maybe I'm ignorant, you know, but hey, I will say it anyway. But why <laughs> why we can't get everyone working together to support the sport as a one? Uh, you know, and everyone's aware. Well, historically, it's not to say people haven't had the right intentions previously, but it sounds right. like it's it sounds like it's all going to be it's all going to be cool. And and there's a there's a a market for you know obviously being with the vintage guys now. There's a market for them to they want to get involved. They want to support. They want to be part of it. Not necessarily competing, but be part of it in some way. So there's some, yeah. there's some plans for that that sort of stuff coming up. Um, which I should get Alex on maybe the next podcast and we'll have a chat to him and see see what he you know rather rather than me talking on his behalf, which again I can't do that. He's the man. Um, <laughs> he is the man. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, and so with ABA, it's some of the stuff they're doing is awesome. Um, so so cool, man. Look, I, I better wrap it up so we can get into this uh, Pat uh, Colwell interview. Uh, awesome. So unless there's anything else you want to add before we we wind it up. Uh, mate, just uh, thank you for everything. And uh, I came across your page uh, from from Adrian Piggott. Uh, yeah, gee, I don't know. It was uh, quite a while ago now, probably at least twelve months ago. And uh, oh, mate, I've just had so much fun on your page, literally each and every day. So thanks to you, and thanks for everyone uh, that I've met on the page. It's been uh, it's been a great trip, and it's so good to be able to. Um, meet so many of you guys in uh in in real life and anytime you're out at diva or, or, or coming to diva <laughs> come come surfing with me man I, yeah diva's a created spot so let's all just uh, have fun out there and um have some good times yeah yeah and definitely like the amount of friends that have been made and continue to be made don't be shy reach out you that's know, it. Um, you know, I was talking to Ricardo the other day, and he was saying that you know, yes, I Ricardo. Used, I used to surf by myself, and you know, thought I was the only one. You know, now I've got all these guys that are coming out with me. It's the way it should be, and have some fun, and 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 no ego, just enjoy it. And you know, if you if you're really good or really average like me, yeah, who cares, man? Just as long as you're having fun. So it's so, all about fun. Cool, yeah. cool, Benny. Well, look, I'll uh, we'll we'll wrap it up. Um, I'm hoping to do these podcasts more regularly now. <laughs> I said that last yeah, time too, cool. so it's been a while in between. But anyway, well, I think we'll get you on regularly too, and you can be the the talk about the news and what's going on in the industry and all that sort of stuff if, if you're cool with that. And then, um, yeah, for sure, and keep us up to date. And uh, yeah, all right, man. So take it easy. Thanks, everyone. I'll we'll do the Pat interview now and um, chat next time. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Thanks, mate. Damien. See ya. See you, mate. Bye. Yeah, we're on. How, how exciting! I'm, I'm really excited to be able to talk to you finally. And um, please, same here. Yeah, yeah, pass on my regards to JJ as well. Please, definitely. I, I can't I wait. Can't wait to meet you both in person. Absolutely. Uh, you're still coming out in February. Yeah. Yes, I'm coordinating some dates for my uh, mother to look after my son. Um, mm-hmm. But no, we we can't wait. Really excited. Uh, so, it would be great to great to have you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the what I wanted to do, Pat, was just have a bit of a chat, and then I'll just throw out some questions to you and get some feedback, a bit about your history and who you are and what you do now, and um, obviously about your new board, the new Pat board, and uh, and everything. Sure. And I just wanted to keep it really casual and. Um, so this will be our second podcast. We're going to now up uh, increase the frequency of them and uh, push them out, and yeah, and just uh, the the idea behind it is that it's nothing polished or it's just casual, very relaxed, and just like a couple of friends catching up sort of thing. So okay, so yeah, so um, all right, well I'll get started. All right, fire away. So, hello everybody. Um, I this is Damien Alexander for Vintage Bodyboard Collectors, and I am privileged, lucky enough to have Pat Colwell with me today. Uh, good afternoon, evening, Pat. Thanks, Damien. I appreciate it. Good to be with you. Yeah. So you've you've um, yourself and JJ have been um, big supporters of Vintage Bodyboard Collectors. 
um, almost since we first started up. So first of all, thank you for that and your input and um, everything. But I wanted to I wanted to have a chat to you today about uh, who you are, your background, some of your history in bodyboarding, um, and up and up through to the present. So let's let's kick off with yeah, where were you born and when did you first get into to bodyboarding? Yeah, so uh, I was born in California uh, back in 1962 and uh, spent about the first four years of my life there in Huntington Beach, California. And my dad was a big surfer in the in the 50s and 60s, and uh, so he got me into surfing. Uh, but uh, at about the age of four, uh, my dad was uh, enlisted in the State Department with... Um, United States here, and he was assigned to Vietnam, and he would he was uh, training South Vietnamese police troops. But he he moved the family to um, to Manila in the Philippines, and that's where I started school. So I lived uh, my uh, three and a half years in the Philippines while my dad worked in Vietnam, uh, training uh, Vietnamese police troops in okay. the Saigon area. So that was kind of that was really a um, really where my first kind of memories of where I lived sure. first came about really yes. yeah, it was the, in the tropics there and um, when um, my dad found you know realized that his a lot of his fellow advisors were being assassinated and, and um, it was a super dangerous job he decided to, to go ahead and resign and he always wanted to raise his, his family there's kids in in Hawaii since he had visited uh, the North Shore and, and Waikiki area back in the 50s, he decided Hawaii was a place he wanted to raise his kids. So up and up and we up and moved from the Philippines to Hawaii in '69. Okay. And uh, I was uh, about grade two at that time, and that's when I first started surfing. Of course, in '69, '70, there weren't any boogie boards. Sure. That was a good. That was a good. Uh, at least two or three years before the kit boards were being sold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I started surfing and, and body surfing, and we lived right here in, near Sandy Beach in Makapu. So growing up through the years, uh, surfing, and then finally when I was about 12 years old, I got my first boogie board for my birthday. Right. And uh, that was in 1974. And I uh, just just loved it, you know. I was, um, uh, you know, of course, with Sandy Beach and Makapu so close to my home, it was and so consistent throughout the year. There's always a wave to, to ride with power. Uh, it was just kind of a natural progression. I, I kept surfing, uh, you know, through the 70s and 80s and in, in, into the 90s, but less and less, as as, a, as you can imagine, uh, you know, especially. As, when I became a professional in 1980, right. first first uh, contest at Pipeline. Yeah. So, uh, just stayed real active in the ocean, and, and just was really lucky to be, you know, on the ground floor of um, of the of the, the the sport. And sure. So, what was what yeah. was your first board? What what type? It was obviously a uh, more a boogie. So I'm talking bodyboard now. Sorry, do you remember yep. what your first board was? It was. It was my first. My first boogie board was um, um, the Mori boogie. Came in two sizes back there in in 1974. You could buy the full size kit or yep. the the um, the lower. There was like a 3200 cc board and a. 5,000 cc board. I don't know how they, they figured it out, but yeah, I, I bought the, the half size boogie because I mean, I was 12 years old and, and all of about you know 40 kilograms, right? So, yeah. yeah, if that, yeah. And <clears throat> so I, I had a, a little mini, but as I, I figured out that the bigger board went faster and and was a little a little better on the, on the flat, um, you know riding the barrels and stuff like that. I, I traded my mini boogie for a, a larger kit board. <clears throat> and uh, so that was probably in around uh, 
75. Okay. I was 13, <clears throat> and uh, that was that was when I entered my first contest right. at Sandy Beach. Yeah, Holona Point Body Surfing Championships. <laughs> well, I had a, it wasn't a boogie. Well, I guess it wasn't a boogie uh, um, division. It was it was like the pipe boards and the boogie boards were all together, and yeah. we all kind of com- competed sure. in, against each other. And of course, I, I lost in the first round. I was you know I could barely get my arm around that that original kit boogie board. It was so yeah. big. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I stuck with it, and and then um, right about that time, I I was a, a big, of course, a surfer and stuff, and, and I got a subscription to Surfer Magazine at that time, and they had this Future Moves that was that was illustrated in the back of um, the Surfer Magazine, it was in the tips tips column. <clears throat> I don't know if it was, you know, Future Moves or what, what, what they were doing, but they showed an illustration of a surfer doing an El Rolo. And um, I was thinking, wow, you know, on a boogie board, we could probably pull this off because yeah. we're hang, we're prone, and we can hang on. And so I kind of, I, I, you know, I made notes on that. And and then as the boards got a little better, you know, the boogie uh, one thirty, uh, the BE one thirty two, and then yes. one thirty four, one it was about 1978. I was 16. I was big enough. I was a little bit stronger, and and um, that was about when I pulled my first El Rolo out at Sandy Beach. Wow! And and, and uh, you were all... you're you're quite tall as well. I mean, you would have. How tall are you now? You're six foot three, four. Uh, just a hair under. I'm about six two and a half. I've shrunk okay. a bit. Okay. But I, at my my tallest when I was. Um, 16 to 18 i was i was close to six foot four yeah yeah I was a big lanky guy you know i didn't weigh much at all either so it was yeah big skinny skinny guy and um yeah it was it was difficult i was more of like body surfing the boogie board you know sure. i still kind of do that and probably why i use a, a shorter board is because I, I enjoy having you know from my waist down you know in the water for maneuverability and and I, I just love it. So, so yeah, I'm a tall guy. What 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 size? Just on that, what size board are you riding now? Well, obviously your own model, which we'll talk about shortly. But yeah, you've I I, I presume being your height, you'd be on a 43, 40, 43 and a half. You know, yeah, uh, I'm riding a my prototypes are forty two and a quarter. Okay, and um, you know, in the early days of when I was a professional, I I, I um, tried to ride longer boards, and they just they just didn't work for me. It were really hard to spin, and sure, of course that was the spin to win era back yeah, in the eighties. Yeah. I tried to ride forty three and forty four inch boards, and they just just too much length, just okay. too much rail. Uh, so, but yeah, so I, I like that 42 to 42 and a half. Okay. It's just, just right for me. Okay. And back in the 80s, when the, when the sport really started to take off, and obviously you were competing and and uh, touring somewhat, just, it, it's hard for, for myself. I mean, I, I was bodyboarding back then, but... I, being in Australia, you, we were very. We didn't see the international scene as much. Occasionally, you get your bodyboarding magazine, but early '80s, there was nothing in Australia. What was the what What was the scene like? What was the atmosphere like as the as everything was continuing to grow and money was getting put back into the sport? Because you really you've seen it come from nothing to 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 all all the way through to that peak period of the '80s and '90s. What was it like? You know, it was it was really exciting. Um, you know, ever since even that that first professional contest, the North Shore Surecraft Coca Cola contest in December of '80, when that happened, you know, uh, Jack and JP and uh, Ben and Keith and I just kind of looked at each other and just went, "Wow, this is just the start of <laughs> this is the start of something big." Cool. And then yeah. and then of course Maury got involved and. In '82, with their first pipeline contest, and 
we all kind of just we we waited around for these for that pipeline contest. It was the major money maker, and besides that, the pro am in Oceanside every fall in, in September. Um, but we all kind of just went, wow, this is this is something special, you know. And um, back in 80, 81, this is even before Mike Stewart reared his ugly head and, and, and took us all down eventually in that decade of the 80s. But uh, I was the only one doing rollos, and everyone wow. else was trying to catch up. And, you know, Ben Ben picked up on the roll pretty quick, and, hmm. and, and some other local guys, you know, Kalen Tanaka and, and um, boy, I could just go on, but, so it, it was, uh, for me, it was, it was, uh, it was really, really exciting, and, and for me to take, take the board into the, you know, under the lip and, and under and over the way I was doing it at Pipeline and, and at Sandy's, and was, uh, it was sh kind of shocking to me, um, I was kind of blown away, but you know, I was still very humble about it all, and I, you know, respected. You know, back then Jack Linholm was the king. Right. He was, yeah. He was, he was it, man, and he was literally, literally worshipped. Yep. Um, on the island of Oahu and and uh, island or statewide, so I I, I was real humble skinny white guy growing up as a minority here in Hawaii and, and I, I knew to keep my mouth shut and just let my actions speak sure. for me. Yeah. Uh, but it was really exciting, you know, and, and then Mike hit the scene and, and um, we really started to push each other. The boards, the materials got better, the boards got stiffer, uh, we were starting to hit the air. Yeah. Mike really took that aerial game uh, uh, to the next step along with Ben and um, uh, it was just it was just amazing, you know, and, and then we all ended up making the trip to uh, to Sydney in 86. Yes. And that's when we met, you know, little Dougie Robson and and, uh, <laughs> and Bullet. Bullet was no bigger than my than my uh, <laughs> my waist, you know, I mean, it, everybody was just just real little. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was Evan Panglis and Ross Hawk and yeah. Bob Bell and, and uh, all the old timers and we... Uh, that was really fun too, and we realized that Australia is, was uh, going to be a huge uh, impact on the sport of bodyboarding just by the way how consistent and how good the waves are. Yeah, with, with the beautiful beaches and headlands, and and then Australia is just a, an amazing um, beach town country. Really, I mean, what is it like? Ninety percent of the population lives within. 30, 30 kilometers of the ocean. Yeah, so, that's correct. Yeah. Um, and, and surfing was already uh, a staple. Absolutely. A national sport. You know, it was only a matter of time. Bodyboarding was going to be right up there with it. And so going there in '86, and then again for me in '89 was even that three-year gap was was an amazing uh, uh, jump in in the um, the the riding ability and what what the Australian riders were taking it to the next level. It was uh, we just knew that it was only a matter of time there would be an Australian world champion and sure yeah and then with Epo there was he was I believe Epo was the first world world champion yep. from Australia is that correct? It's correct yes. Yeah my brain doesn't fail me. Yeah that's um, correct. So yeah it's it's just the eighties were it's just really the launching point and of course. Going back a few years, in 80, was it 85 or 86? 86 is when the first magazine came out. Mm -hmm. It was the summer here of 86. It was right after our trip to Australia when Ben and um, Keith and Jay, I believe Jay went too. I believe Mike was there too. I remember competing against him in Cronulla. And then, um, but um, when the magazine started, we really knew that this was going to be that was going to be the, um, you know, the social media of the '80s was was the magazine, which went worldwide. So, um, no, it was it was really cool, and I just feel so privileged to be, and honored to be lucky enough to be at the right place at the right time in history. Yeah, I, th I think it's amazing that the the sport being so young in comparison to 
to other sports that we get we have access to the likes of yourself and and, and other people and have, have really grown with it and, and seen it from its infancy it's um it's amazing so with when with your competitive history when you were competing um and in the 80s it was it was all we really heard about was the Mike and Ben rivalry early on. How 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 did you go? How did you fare in competitions? Well, in the early eighties, I I did pretty good uh, at Pipeline. I believe I got um, my track record at Pipeline was pretty good. Uh, two seconds, two thirds. I know a fifth. Yeah, yeah JJC ripoff. <laughs> uh, but uh, I did pretty pretty well at Pipeline, and, and one year actually in '84 I probably should have won. But if it wasn't for the heat being extended a minute or two and Mike getting his last scoring ride that ended up pushing him over the edge, okay, it kind of stole my my world title away from right out in, underneath my feet. J- so, JJ's not bitter at all about that by the sounds of it. No, nah, not at all. <laughs> Rip off, she said. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and then the the PSAA tour, I, I did didn't fare very well. I, I, I you know I, a few seconds here and there, I made some finals, and I had I had my moments. But um, at lower trestles in San Francisco and mm-hmm. along the West Coast, but uh, you know I never finished better than third in in the tour overall. Um, it was always the Mike and Ben show, and and uh, you know. I mean, it could have just been the um, the types of ways we were competing in. You know, we were we were going to Corpus Christi, Texas, and riding one foot yeah. slop. It was, yep. it was a spin to spin to win, and the criteria was uh, was terrible. Really, I mean, it was just terrible. Um, and that, of course, we all as riders in the early '90s, uh, when the the PSAA tour ended decided that we were going to change up the criteria a little bit. And then, of course, more um, into the late 90s and early 2000s, when, you know, GOB and, and the New World Tour started, the, the criteria has evolved into what it is now, which is, you know, you can get 10s with one maneuver, mm-hmm. which is fantastic, instead mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, a 10 with 10 spinners. Yeah. So uh, the criteria is been all great and it's it's a it's really been quite amazing to see the the evolution from the 80s until now mm. the level of riding is just is through the roof uh, and the risk you know you just look at ben player's uh, movie and what plc's doing and uh amory laverne is doing it uh fronton some of these guys are putting their lives on the line absolutely and, yeah and and uh you know, and the big and the big right down in Australia. You know, just these these crazy lunatic bodyboarders throwing themselves over these just hectic ledges. Mm. Just incredibly entertaining, if mm. not you know frightening. But um, uh, yeah, really cool. That that being said, though, there's I've seen lots of photos of you out at Waimea Bay surfing some really solid slabs. Yeah, so clearly you've uh, had an appetite for some big waves in your time. Yeah, I did. You know, I, I, I always enjoyed riding big waves. Um, and from the late 80s, actually mid, mid-80s, I was venturing out to outside Waimea and then more so in the 90s trying to ride the biggest Waimea shore break I could find and, mm. and did have a had, had some success at it. Um yeah, it's just uh, there's that adrenaline rush that I'm sure everyone listening can can uh, relate to. Mm. That when you when you when you get when you push your limits in, in a wave that should have killed you, and you come up and you just go, man, I'm unscathed, and I want to do that again. You know, it's a, we're all adrenaline junkies, really, yeah. in these body wars. You look at what you know Jacob Vanderbilt is doing at the Keiki on these just yeah. ridiculous slabs and and. Um, I understand why, and, I, and uh, I hope I don't get anybody killed with my antics at Waimea Shorebreak back in the in the mid '90s. But I was riding some some big surf out there. I mean, that was like solid ten foot um, Waimea Shorebreak. And but 
that's of course over sand and what have you. But it, yeah, it's it's uh, we're all adrenaline junkies, right? I mean, it's it's all relative, of course, and but it's it's nice to get out there and and cheat death and <laughs> <laughs> some some more than others. Ten foot uh, Waimea Bay. Uh, I think I'd leave that to you. I like the adrenaline, but maybe not that much. I don't think yeah. I'd come up. Um, well, you'd be surprised. I can tell you. Sometimes your fear will keep you from doing things that you. Yeah, that's true. Would really, really enjoy. What you get past that? What about injuries? Did you did you ever have a had any uh, injuries as part of surfing big waves like that? You know, I, I've been really fortunate. Um, I, I have not. I've, I might have strained a shoulder here and there, or um, sure. Bruised an, bruised an elbow, or, um, but I've never, never broken anything. Not yeah. well. It, it, I did break my ankle uh, last December at Sandy Shore, breaking some pretty big stuff. But uh, other than that, I've been, you know, like big Wyman Shore break and Keiki have been very fortunate to sure. not be bent like a pretzel and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. a, a long skinny pretzel. Yeah, it, would, it would be a lot of leverage. Yeah, yeah. Leverage. And when, what year did your first um, uh, board come out? Your your signature board come out, the first one. I want to say it was around the summer of '87. Okay. At, well, Wave Rebel is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, like yeah, yes. Early days. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was a Wave Rebel model uh, back in it was like '87, and then. I was with Wave Rebel for about five years before they, they, um, um, we parted ways. Let's put it lightly. So, so, but back then, did you have much input into the, the the board design and the colors, the template? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I was in the factory constantly. Uh, I only lived about um, about fifty kilometers from the from the factory. And so I'd be up there a lot, um, talking to the, the, the people that were making the boards and the owner and what have you. So I, I had a lot of a lot of say. Occasionally they would they would build my board and put some different colors, tri panels and what have you on the deck, to kind of just mix it up. Um, but for the most part, the the uh, the colors, the the template, and um, the width, you know, what have you on the board was yeah. all. All my my design and um, you know I at back then we we didn't have much to really uh, templates to go off of really I was riding Mach sevens before that yep yep so I, I kind of made it like a Mach seven but I just decided you know well, let's just narrow up the nose a little bit and narrow up the tail a little bit I wanted a, a nice round template back then so I could spin spin real easy sure of course because yeah. that, that was the criteria. Um, and uh, it worked pretty good. And you know, the Wave Rebel board they they had some troubles with uh, quality control. Mm. Um, it, it they had a, a people in there that weren't bodyboarders or surfers. They were just you know just hired hands really to to cut foam and sure. they, they the quality control was was terrible at times, and mm. rocker would come out weird, and mm. um, the rails would be overhanging um, up on the deck, and, and just. Um, I mean, I made sure that the boards that I rode were good, but sometimes the boards that came out weren't real good. But mm. you know, their their bottom um, skin that they had on that, which really wasn't a skin, it was like a hard plastic bottom, was a uh, worked really well with with the core. They were polyethylene cores, mm. but that that hard bottom made the boards last forever. Sure, and and they 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 held their shape, and um, that's why you still see some of those boards out on the yeah. beach to this day. I was going to say, I mean, it, it's a pretty iconic board, um, you know, from the colours and the stick man that's on there as mm -hmm. well. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's and it's some one of the boards that's clearly highly collectible. Um, today and to have some still floating around is great so did, yeah. did you have do you have any of your old boards i have one i have, I have one uh a blue and white deck with a pink bottom 
and it hasn't been in the water. Is it a white? It might be a white bottom, actually. Right. It's, yeah, it's a, I think it's a white bottom. But, um, you know, I just remember those boards. You know, if you got the right one, boy, man, it was yeah. really responsive <laughs> and fast, super fast, especially through the carbs and, and, and barrel riding. The thing was just super, super fast. I think because it was one of the stiffest boards out there, really. Mm. And if you, you got a good board with the, with the right rocker, um, the board just was magic. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, yep. they didn't have to be perfect with their cuts. They, they, I think that skin in the core and then the, the template was, was really all you needed for that thing to work. And, and then the stick man. Yeah, I know you want yeah, to talk about definitely. The stick man, it came about because, uh, I don't know if any of you listeners remember um, Ska Man, but it was like a stick figure. I liked Ska music back in the 80s. And, right. Uh, it was kind of fun. You know, I'd go to Ska concerts and stuff like that and listen to the Ska music. And, and uh, I made the Ska Man after uh, what I had seen um, printed somewhere, you know, leaving a little bit out of it, but and making them extra thin like I was, and that's kind of where the, the stick man came, came about, was from, from ska music cool. in the 80s. Very good, very good. And so um, let's talk about the resurgence of your board again with okay. Custom X. So... Um, yeah, so obviously with uh, resurgence of the of the I guess a vintage movement of the sport um, with VBC uh, uh, etc. Um, obviously, it's, and clearly from what I've seen um, that you've posted and JJ have posted, it's clearly very exciting. And I was fortunate enough to get number four. Thank you very much. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. So um, tell us what input did you have into the new board and and, and your thoughts around it. Well, it's been um, it's been pretty easy for me since since PMA Pete and I, the the shaper, uh, I had worked with the Custom X factory before uh, with my boards, so he, he kind of knew what what I wanted in regards to features. So just basically, uh, I took took a, a tape measure and and measured my old Wave Rebel mm-hmm. template, the nose width, the wide point. The thickness, the tail width. I get, gave him all of those those coordinates, and he just just literally in, in a week put put a board together. And I had it within like ten or fourteen days. I had a, a couple of prototypes come to me, so it was it was real easy since he had built boards for me before. Sure. Um, but uh, I used the old template, and um, of course new new materials. The, we have the, the M core, which is nice and stiff and light, yep. kind of like an R-cell type core. Uh, and then, the, we've, of course, we've incorporated stringers and love the Serlin colors that they had available yeah. for these boards. Yeah, and then, yeah. of course, put the put the, the nose, nose uh, finger grips on there, which, man, you put your hand on the nose and it's just so comfortable. Yeah, yeah. You know, how you feel about it. You, you get that thing in the water and... and and you, you kick kick with your hands on the nose of that board and it's just perfect and a nice shallow uh, uh, crescent tail with a, with a tail piece on that made it really sharp yep yep so that you know I just kind of with the 21st century materials and ingenuity and the features I tried to put the same template uh, board together that I had back then Sure. And man, it's it's. Uh, I'm really excited over it. And Custom X has done a, a knock-up job doing it and getting it out so quickly. Because I literally it was late August that we were just kind of humming and hawing over this thing, and and then here it is, you know, late late October, early November, and the yeah. first fifty have already got their boards all the way around the world. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So let's let's go back a step. How did it how did it come about? How did it? I'm interested for if what you tell tell us, um, yeah. From from how did the whole thing come about to get to get your your model board out again? Well, it, I'm you know I have to hand it to you and VBC, and you know a lot of um, 
I don't know. It's just, you know, that whole generation that grew up in the 80s and, and 90s um, are now uh, in their 30s, 40s, and early 50s. And they're looking to get back in the water and, and be active again and, and get stoked on the sport that they they enjoy their youth with. And, and um, I think, you know, with, with um, Jacob Vanderbilt, was very instrumental in this. And, you know, he saw yeah. the VBC just literally was blowing up. Yeah. In, in this last year, just blowing up, and and um, there he recognized the market. He went to Debbie Caldwell at Custom X and proposed this thing. And then all of a sudden, I just get this text one day from Jacob <clears throat> saying, "Hey, Pat, how would you like?" Uh, to do your board again through Custom X. I mean, it was literally that long. It was about eight words. And I just said, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. And um, so that was when really the, all, the whole ball got going. It was it was Jacob Vanderbilt and, and then Debbie uh, at Custom X to make that leap. And, and then uh, PMA uh, putting his, his uh, decades of experience into um, Making sure these boards were were done right, so it was a it was a team effort, really. Yeah, certain yep. team effort. And it it really all started with the, with the VBC movement of this year. Yeah, and the the quality of the one of the things when I got my board and I was looking at it, you can tell the quality of the construction. It's it's made beautifully. Like it, it's it it absolutely looks fantastic. So my number four, I'm not going to ride, but I'll have I'll wait till the non-numbered boards come out and then I'll, right. I'll have to get one of them and, and definitely take it for a, for a ride but yeah it's the, yeah. they're a beautiful thing and i believe there was a one-off board with a certain color slick on the bottom that was only made for one person yeah jj got the, uh, <laughs> the only the only pink bottom number two yeah yeah so very she, cool very cool i got that surprise uh when when uh we started to to put them together here, <clears throat> Debbie called me and said that she had one pink laying around the factory and said she yeah. could do one board. I said, "Fantastic!" Yeah, yeah. And then somebody got a got an odd stamp on one. Okay, I remember who it was? Got, what it got this the stick man put on the right Waza. panel. It was Waza. Waza oh Jones. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I know his Waza. Yeah. His his board went. Uh, Stickman White on the right panel, and everyone else is on the on yeah the left right. Panel. I didn't. I haven't picked up on that. Cool. Well, there you go. So I think they were somebody was practicing for the stock model because that's where the stickman's going to go on the stock model. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. And so, do you know how many of how many they're going to make of the stock model, and how they're going to be distributed? Um, they're already starting to make them and sell them here in the okay. states. Uh, I believe e-bodyboarding is taking a batch of them and, and making them available on their website. Cool. And um, after that, I think it's going to be opened up for uh, worldwide. Cool. And, oh, it is right now. I mean, I, I think you, I think if you if someone wants to order one of these stock boards, they can do it through eBody boarding. Okay. Yeah, she's doing a, doing a run for them, so it's it's already in in uh, in the works. Happening. Fantastic. And then for for next year, we're big surprises. Big surprises for next year. Ah, I see. I'll, uh, I'll keep it quiet. Fair, I, I won't ask. I'll look forward to the surprise. Okay. Um, excellent. So what 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 do you do do with yourself now, Pat? Are you um, tell us about the day to day life of of Pat? Well, um, I take you back a little, a few years. Um, I, I got into law enforcement and lifeguarding at the same time in, in California. Mm -hmm. I worked for for the state state of California as a state park peace officer lifeguard, which is kind of a, sounds like an oxymoron, but there there is a department in California to the state of California that that arms and puts their lifeguards select few lifeguards through a police academy. So I was a police officer in California for about about 12 years and then um, of course reunited with JJ and and then uh, 
my island girl wanted to take me back to Hawaii, so that's where I've come back. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, I really didn't have anything to do. I was I was um, I was working part time as a as a pool lifeguard, and I was a tour guide for hikes and mountain bike tour company here in Hawaii wow. called Bike Hawaii, and and uh, of course JJ was was working, and um, and then I got involved with. Uh, I actually applied to be a police officer here in Hawaii, and then an investigator position popped up for the Honolulu Police Commission, which is like a civilian oversight committee here in Honolulu mm -hmm. for the county. And it's a civilian position, works weekdays, has weekends and holidays off. And it was it just seemed like a good fit for me being retired and really not wanting to work nights and holidays anymore. I applied and, and I ended up getting one of the positions that was open. So I've been working about five years now for for the uh, Honolulu Police Commission okay. as an investigator. I investigate complaints against police officers that come mm -hmm. to our, uh, our office, their formal compl written complaints, and we investigate by doing uh, interviewing people and mm -hmm. looking at video and what have you, and sure. trying to figure out if, if uh, the complaints are valid or not. And then we, and then the commission votes on on, uh, on the rulings. But it, it's a good. It's a good nine to five job. It's a good retired job, and and um, I'm enjoying working in, in a nice downtown office, and and it's uh, very relaxed. Cool. So that's what I'm doing now. Cool. And I see you're you're um, clearly friends with Ben, and because I see what's being posted on the page, you know, um, getting away with him, having a beer with him. Um, so how often do you get out in the water, and how often do you get out in the water with? Uh, with uh, Ben or other legends in the sport, um, you know Ben and I we live on opposite ends of Oahu, and the, some of the worst traffic in the United States is on this island of Oahu. So we don't see a lot of each other, but when we do, uh, we you know definitely partake in in good waves and good suds together. Um, <laughs> but um, so not as much as I'd like to. Um, Keith, of course, is my other yeah. best friend and, and legend here Kisasaki and um, we keep talking about hooking up and and going surfing but we don't surf as much as I'd, I'd like uh, I don't I don't see you know I'm by far the oldest guy in the water when I go out in the ocean uh, by about 20 years <laughs> and um, but it, it's just it keeps me young yeah and so I'm getting in the water um, two three four times a week depending on the surf nice. and what's okay. going on in family life so yeah and uh, you know not not real huge stuff I don't make the pilgrimage to the North Shore like I used to in mm -hmm. my my 30s but um, I still get in the water and still trying to push push what I can push this 55 year old body as hard as I can try to stay young and it's it's working so yeah it looks like you're having a ball I am Thank yeah you. Yeah, and one one thing too, um, and we I better wrap it up soon. But one thing sure. you, you said you reunited with JJ when you were, when you talked about JJ before. So were you? How did when did you meet JJ and 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 how did that come about? Well, I met JJ on the beach at Sandy Beach here on Oahu um, in 1984. She was all of about 14, and I was 22. <laughs> and uh, she was a little. Um, she wanted to get into boogie boarding. She wanted to be involved in in uh, riding waves on the boogie. And so I was like her. Um, I, I took her out, you know, taught her and how to how to ride the board, and and then you know off she went. And we did end up dating for a couple years in the late 80s, mm -hmm. and. Um, as things go with our with our age difference at that time, you know things just didn't work out, and we ended up parting ways. And she ended up marrying another uh, gentleman and and having a couple of kids through the '90s and 2000s. And of course, I got married in '95 to my first wife, and then we ended up being divorced or separated at the exact same year in 19 uh, sorry in 2008. Right. So we we uh. 
we reunited in 2009, late 2009. Kind of J Real. Because of J Real, actually, it was it was <laughs> right. Facebook and social media that JJ and Jay were were uh, communicating, and Jay ended up telling JJ that you know your your old squeeze Pat is uh, is divorced now or separated, and so. That set her on a little hunt to try to find out. <laughs> Jake couldn't remember which depart lifeguard department I was working for in Southern California. Right. So she ended up calling all the lifeguard departments in Southern California asking for me. She ended up getting a hold of the Encinitas lifeguard department and was talking to the right person that knew me. So they, they he handed me a note a couple days later. I ended up calling her, and uh, that from its history since then, boys. She was living in, in uh, the Seattle area, and I, I flew up there for Christmas of 2009, and it was just love its first, love its second sight. Second sight, yeah, 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 yeah. It was meant to be, clearly meant to be. It, it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That was it, and it was uh, social media that brought us back together again. Tell them we were married within nine months of reuniting. Oh, yeah, JJ's whispering in my ear, and then we were married within nine months of reuniting. So. Right, wow. Wow. Oh, excellent. Very good. Very good. Well, um, thank you, Pat. Really, really appreciate some insight into yourself personally and uh, some of the history of the sport. Um, yeah, is there anything you want to say to, to anyone or to the crew before we wrap it up? Well, I just wanted to, to thank you, Damien, for all of, you know your, your insight and your, um, your vision for a vintage bodyboard collector's site and it really has launched a revitalization in the sport because it, it really our sport was pretty flat you know from from the world tour and what was going on in the sport um, and in the market for bodyboards was really really flat and it's I think it's given a whole new gener or the whole old generation of a, a new um, you know no new reason to get out there and and enjoy the enjoy the old boards and it's cool that Ben's got his board coming back strong and, and yeah. hopefully some other uh, legends will be coming out with their models as well mm. but mm. Uh, I just want to say to all everyone listening um, just uh, never stop stay in the water stay busy have fun you know go out with friends um, try to put the phone down every once in a while and, and ride some ride some slabs and um, you know, push yourselves and 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 enjoy. Just enjoy the enjoy the ocean. Enjoy your 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 youth while you have it, because we don't all stay young forever. And eventually, we will, you know, not be on this earth anymore. But I just say, just uh, enjoy the ocean. Enjoy your your mates and and uh, get out in the water. Be young and support the sport that's. That's been a big part of your life and our lives for for decades. Awesome. That's about it. Very good. Excellent. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, Pat. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well said. Really appreciate Thanks, your time. And uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, meeting you in person. Yes. In a Can't wait. Months. Yeah. Yeah. Really looking forward to it. Me too. Okay. Thanks. JJ, JJ sends her best. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the best to her too. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Vintage Bodyboarding Radio. Be sure to join in the conversation on the Vintage Bodyboard Collectors Facebook page.